In the wake of the many challenges and chapters we face in our lives, 30 minutes in prayer can and will change things. An act of worship that glorifies God, prayer reinforces our need for Him. Prayer is a tool for overcoming any and every situation. Women Word Wednesdays is a call to action. The Bible says to not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Philippians 4 and 6. We are taking a moment to pray with and for other women to agree and touch in the spirit, which we know will surely begin to guide us towards the peace and understanding transcending all understanding that will guard our hearts and our minds in Jesus Christ. Out of 10,080 minutes in this week, we are taking back 30 this day to declare the power of God over our lives. We are encouraging and supporting each other through an encouraging word and prayer. So welcome to Women Word Wednesdays. I'd have some visuals for you on the side. They're coming, hey men, and the prophetic, and you can actually leave it right there. And so I started us off with some music because I'm a teacher, I'm a classroom teacher by trade, and if you walk into my classroom any given day or in the hallway, there's gonna be some kind of music, some kind of motivation, something that's going to, it's, and I have to remind the students, it's not for y'all, it's for me. It's to, it's to keep me in the flow, it's to, to ensure that I'm on track. And so. I'm not going to be here before you long, but I do believe that the Lord has a word, um, a very specific word for the house this morning, amen, and a word that's in line with the house and, and what everyone you've been hearing over the past couple of weeks minister and speak to the house. So I'm going to go ahead and go before the Lord in prayer, and I just thank God for the opportunity and Pastor Knotts and, uh, for trusting me in this sacred space. So Father God, we come before you just saying thank you, God. We just honor you, and I first just acknowledge you and who you are. Right now, I pray that you would hide me behind the cross, God, that it not be me that be seen, but God, I believe that the, the ground has been prepared, that each heart, as each seed that comes out of this word this morning, that it would find a fertile ground, that it would grow up, God, and that as a result, your light would be seen through each and every son and daughter's lives that is in this place this morning. Father God, that we would touch someone as a result of the word and as a result of living our life according to your will. I thank you for this. Need this word together. Make it tailor-made for each person in this place. I thank you. We love you. We honor you. And it is in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Well, um, if you are a title taker, if you are a... Um, a person who takes notes. I have some, some notes for you. And um, if you are not, if you're just a listener and a doer as a result of what you hear, then I have a word for you as well. And so the title, I struggled just a little bit, but I finally, finally, finally hit me. Are you on track? Mountains high, valley low. And so that's today's message is going to be coming before you is, are you on track? Mountains high, valley low. And our word, our opening word, if you will, will be coming from Philippians. Philippians, a very familiar, familiar verse in Philippians, but um, uh, it's going to be several words that are going to undergird this word this morning. And so um, Philippians 3 and 12 
312 through 14. So I'll give you a second to get there and um, get your Bibles, your, your phones, your, your tablets, all of your devices to the right location. So again, Philippians 312, and I'm going to read down through verse 14. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. I press toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. And so this morning, again, are you on track, uh, mountains high, valley low, um, um, when I teach as a teacher, I have to give a foundation sometimes, right? So I, I, my, my classroom is aligned by an objective, and the objective is for you to walk away um, with something. Everyone's not going to remember every single thing, but for you to remember what's for you. And so this morning, before I begin, I've got to give you a little vocabulary lesson. So I'm going to give you a little foundation, some vocabulary, but I'm a good teacher, so I'm going to give you some ways to remember this vocabulary. I'm my daddy's child, so I'm going to give you some ways, and we're going to interact and participate. Now let me remind you, I'm a high school teacher, so the faces that you give me of uninterestedness doesn't bother me because I teach teens. And I promise you, my teens, they are up and down in the same class period. They'll love you one second and they'll turn on you in the next. So it doesn't, it doesn't fade me because there's a word here this morning, okay? Amen. So the first word is we have to revisit what, what, what pastor has been teaching us and what the house theme has been momentum. So we've got to revisit that word to understand this lesson this morning. So the first word is momentum. Now when we talk about momentum, it's long, big, full definition says, the quality, the quantity of motion of a moving body measured as a product of its mass and velocity, the impetuous gain by moving objects, what? Right, right, like exactly how you're staring at me, what? So I'm gonna give you the key words out of that. Momentum, I need you to remember three words. Moving body gained. So as a result, I'm supposed to be moving. Some kind of body is supposed to be moving and something's supposed to be gained. Okay, so you got three words, momentum. Give me those words. Word one is something is what? Beautiful. Y'all such a good class. Hey, Amen. Y'all about to get an A today. All right. Moving. Your body has to be moving and something is supposed to be what? Beautiful. Love. We love it. All right. So you have your first vocabulary word. Second vocabulary word that we're going to deal with is valley. Okay, and so when we talk about a, a valley, it's a low area between hills or mountains, often with a river running through it. Okay, the key word out of that valley is in between. It's the in between. Okay, so the valley is the what, ladies and gentlemen? Beautiful, lovely, lovely gold star for all of you. Now, the next word that we're going to talk about right now is mountain. Okay. And so a mountain is simply a highland form and an area usually forms a peak. A mountain generally steeper than the hill is formed through tectonic or volcanic, volcanism, which is just volcanic activity. So the word there that you're going to remember is peak. So a mountain is the top of something. It's the peak. Okay, so we've got our three words. Again, mountain is the, the peak. It's the what? Beautiful. All right. So we have momentum, moving bodies, gaining something, valley, the in-between, and then the mountain, the peak. Now, I want to go back, and I'm going to give you some foundation on these words a little bit later, 
But I want to go back to that mountain because I have to give you this information while it's in front of me because we don't understand truly what it means to be at the top of a mountain. This is graduation Sunday. We're celebrating wonderful. Those of you who have accomplished graduating, whether you um, notified us or not, maybe you graduated from, you got your master's degree or you finished, whatever. And we, well, understand that when we form a mountain, a mountain is actually formed through tectonic plates. That means that it didn't just magically form, it didn't just occur, it formed because the ground under you had to be shifting and shaking in order for that mountain to form. In order for you to get to the top, the top, that peak of that mountain, there had to be some things going under, some volcanoes, some things exploding up out of the ground. And so I'll revisit that in a moment, but I wanted to give you that, to give you hope in the fact of wherever you are in this journey, whether you're on the mountain or whether you're in the valley, that this message this day will be for you, that there will be something that you can glean from this message. Now, understanding this, as a science teacher, um, I understand that and I recognize that as we're going up or, or as we are traveling, that we're sometimes going to um, encounter distractions, right? So again, in our journey, we're either going up the mountain, right? We're either going up the mountain or we're coming down the mountain. And I'm gonna explain and pull together how momentum interacts with this, but I, I recognize that as we make choices, we're making choices, um, and in doing so, we're, we're deciding what am I giving my time to? What am I? What am I doing? For instance, with that time, and what am I giving that time, um, that time to? But in in making those choices, I recognize that I understand that there are going to be some distractions. Right. Now, I thought about this for a moment because oftentimes when you hear the word distraction, we think of it in a negative sense, right? I'm distraction. I'm distracted, and I get off track, and that's very much the truth, but we also have to think about distractions in that sometimes distractions come and they're good for us. They help refocus us, they help realign us when we do finally get back on track because now I know what that distraction is. Now I can understand what that thing that's gonna possibly knock me off track the next time and as a result, I can avoid that distraction. I can put some things in place that won't take me off track. And so again, just wanting to make sure that I put that out there for you okay so there's a concept as a science teacher we're still learning we got our three vocabulary words we got our valley our mountain and we have our momentum but there's a concept in science that um, I teach and I, I have to teach it um, consistently because it's in both biology and it's both in earth science and so this concept is this idea of carry capacity and so I was like okay well I'm getting ready to teach this they're gonna be like science blah blah well I found it in the Word. So we're going to go to Ecclesiastes 3 and 1. So if you will turn with me, another very familiar passage. So again, anytime there's anything that you up, you're up against or anything, you can find it in the Word. God's Word, will, will give, He'll give you a word for it. And so this very familiar passage says, there's a time for everything. A time, a season for everything, activity under the heaven, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build, a time to weep and a time to laugh. And so the author in this, he just, the teacher in this, he just continues to go on. He talks about the fact that there is a time for everything. And he says, a time to love and a time to hate and a time for war and a time for peace. And so in this, this concept, 
that tells me that if there's a time for everything, that means that there's a time for your up and then there's a time for your down. There's a time for your mountain. There's a time for your valley. So every situation that you're going through, it's appointed and it's anointed. But we've got to change our mindset and we've got to start doing something different. And so it's perfect that I'm coming at the end of what Jalen was talking about last week as well as all the other. He laid out last week perfectly what this, this um, way that God has just been kneading together this plan or the, these messages and how they're strategic aligned and so today I'm going to talk to you about this because at the end of the day we've got to stop looking at our mountains and our valleys as as these things that are woe is me I'm at the top of the mountain hallelujah I've made it and then you get down to the bottom and then you stop and then you got to restart all over so I'm here today to talk about the plan on how we got to flip that and change our mind as we think about that and so let's let's back up now we got to talk about carry capacity every time you hear the word carry capacity I want you to take your hand. Everybody take your hand, take your hand, take your hand. This is interactive learning this morning. All right. We're going to take your hand and you're going to simply form a, 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 a decline and then form your incline. You're going to form a decline and incline. That's what life does. But here's the thing. Our life is not supposed to go here and then we stop. And then we try to figure out a plan and then we start back up. Our life is supposed to literally keep going up and down, up and down. And so what we understand about carry capacity is that carry capacity is this concept. I'm going to give it to you in two ways. I'm going to give it to you in the scientific way, and then I'm going to give it to you um, in an applicable life, applicable way. Carry capacity is the uh, environment's ability to carry or support anything, anything, right? And so I could be um, a, a lion. Lions eat other animals, right? But what happens if there's a decline in those li the, the other animals that are available for those lions to eat? they're gonna die, so that means they're gonna decline. But again, then that animal population starts to decline, the lion population starts to die out, it's not that many, now all of a sudden the lions can, they have enough food available again and they're gonna start to do what? They're gonna go up, all right? And so that's carry capacity. Carry capacity has what's called limiting factors. Limiting factors um, are food, water, and space. No matter where you are, food, water, and space are gonna be the three things that are gonna affect your ability to keep going up or your ability to keep going down. Let's make that applicable to the word, spiritually. Food, water, and space, right? So we understand food, right? The nourishment, the word that we eat, and we also understand that that water is feeding us, right? God is that, or Jesus is the, the living, water. And so these are the three things that are going to limit any environment. Wow. Now, we also have what I call um, WDF, right? And so when I teach it to my students, I teach it to them to remember it this way. What the F? This is not the profane what the F. It is war, disease, and famine right? War, disease, and famine. These are going to be the three things that are going to affect you as you climb up that mountain once you hit that peak. Because you're going to peak. We already talked about that. That's what a mountain is. It's a peak. So you're going to peak, and there's going to be some war, disease, or some famine that are going to hit your life that are going to take you back down. It's inevitable. You're going to have to go back down the mountain, period. Right? So we've got to get our mind ready for the fact that we're going to go back down the mountain. 
But I need to be thinking while I'm on my mountain, what am I doing? While I'm going up or whether I'm coming down, am I being significant? Am I doing something that's impactful or am I just climbing a mountain and going back down? Am I on a cycle, right? A cycle repeating itself or very well, am I just going up the track and then coming right back down that same space? Right? Because I could not be going forward. And that's part of the problem. Sometimes we go up and we hit the top and then we come right back down. We don't go around the loop, right? We're supposed to keep going. And so as I understand this, I'm going to ask myself a couple of questions. What's motivating me? What doors am I willing to open? What are the things, sacrifices that I'm willing to make? What are the things that I'm willing to do as I'm going up the mountain? What are the things that I did that graduated me, that got me to the top, that helped me to reach graduation? Am I willing to keep doing those things? Because oftentimes we get to the top, we start celebrating. Y'all, I threw a whole party for myself. I was excited. I had a vision for my party when I graduated and got my PhD. I was excited as I should be, as we should celebrate. But What's your plan for coming back down that mountain? What's the plan? What are you putting in place? Or are you so busy at that point and, and, and you're resting, you're like, I just need to rest, I just need to stop, okay? There is a misnomer out there that when you run and you get up the hill that you're supposed to just stop and just rest. And I'm just, I didn't work so hard. I'd worked so hard to get up here to the top and everything is good. And, and you know, Pastor was mentioning that he's at the best place of his life. Well, he's at the best place of his life because he's been training for this moment. He's been training in the valley. He's been getting himself ready to run up the top of the mountain. But note, he also says he has a strategic plan in place. Do you have your yours, right? Or better yet, are you starting to think about it? You keep hearing Sunday after Sunday, Tuesday after Tuesday, are you beginning to put things in place? And if so, what are those things that you're beginning to put in place? We also understand that I'd rather, or rather I understand, I don't want to just be a movement. I don't want to just be this momentary movement or where I'm moving and I, I hit this space. I also don't want to be a monument, right? Monuments are those things that people, they put up and, and they just honor you and it's, oh, you're so great and oh my gosh, because you reached this pinnacle, right? We put monuments up. We might come and visit them every now and again, but they eventually erode. They eventually break down. They eventually have to be restored and refreshed. So at the end of the day, I don't want to be this moment in time. I don't want my graduation to be a moment where I celebrated and woo, I was great and I didn't do anything else significant after that point where I stopped and I got my degrees, but I didn't do anything with my degrees to help anybody else. I didn't do anything with my degrees to keep the momentum going. So now that I have my degree, I reach back and other people get their degree. So now that you have your businesses and things that other people don't have their businesses, the rest of us are, are you got your t-shirts flowing. None of us have our t-shirts flowing. But I don't know, know about you, but that's not, that's not my daddy, right? And so I've got examples of people who are doing this. So what example are you setting for the people around you? Okay, We know that whether it was a good movement or a bad movement, we know that MLK, he, it was a movement, right? It was a moment in time, but it also is a movement. It, how do we know it was a movement? Because we're still talking about it now. The significance of it lives beyond his life. 
we put up monuments to him as well, but again, it was a movement. Movement meaning it's still going. We're still living off of the things. Unfortunately, we're still living off of those things. What are we gonna now do? What are we gonna do? What are we gonna pick up now and continue to run forward with this movement? And so, again, reminding us that things are gonna happen. We said the what the F, right? What the F, the what the Fs of life are gonna happen. The war, the disease, the famine. War meaning you're gonna have some challenges. There are gonna be some things that are gonna come up against you. Disease, your body, you might have days where you don't feel your best, but are you pressing through? You might even be under attack of an actual physical disease, an ailment. But again, what are you going to do to continue to go to, yes, you might hit that valley, but what are you going to to do to get out of that valley, okay? And so, again, I told you that, you know, the Lord's been, been pulling all of these things together. I was telling Jalen that, man, it's so perfect that, um, that I didn't make necessarily speak when I, I thought I was going to speak or whatever the case is because God took some time and matured this word in me. Um, when I was speaking with Pastor, it hit me one of the things that we were talking about. He was talking about Mordecai. And I, I said earlier, a moment ago, about this idea of significance. And oftentimes we overlook um, because we don't think what we're doing is big enough. We don't, we don't see our significance. And he mentioned Mordecai, and I was thinking, I was like, man, that's great. Because without Mordecai, Esther wouldn't have been able to achieve. And, you know, we talk about Esther. We talk about her story, and yes, and hallelujah, and all that kind of stuff. She took over and saved the people. But if it wasn't for Mordecai, we, we don't realize our significance, even in the small things right? The word tells us despise not the days of those small beginnings. And, and so another example, we often talk about Naomi and Ruth, right? We talk about their story. We talk about Boaz. But what about the kinsman redeemer? His significant, he's just as significant because if he had not released Ruth to go to Boaz, if he had not released that, then again, she wouldn't be, the, 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 the story wouldn't be, oh, I'm looking for my Boaz. It would be, I'm looking for my kinsman redeemer, right? And so at the end of the day, I want you to take away um, that little nugget as well, that your significance, begin to think about your significance, right? What are you doing now that's having impact beyond you? Or are you just doing things to, to, to have a moment? Are you trying to be a monument, right? You want everybody to celebrate you in that moment, but you don't want to move beyond, okay? And so I continue, as I continue, the Lord was laying on my heart. And so I, as you see me flipping, it's because God was just doing some things. And I'm like, but Lord, I want to sit down, type it all out. And he's like, nope, just worship me, honor me, just, just go in. And, and, and so I thought about what battles am I up against, okay? And so I started to think, and I started to realize, and I'm reading the word, and I'm like, well, all these battles that were fought in the Bible were fought in the, in the valley, right? They'll be at the mountain, right? David, example, 1 Samuel, he's going to seek God, okay? So he goes and he seeks God, and he's like, okay, God, um, can I, shall I pursue? Or say, you shall pursue, and you will take all. But he was at the mountain. Wow. <laughs> Y'all missing it. He was at the top. He wasn't, he wasn't already at the bottom. He was already at the top. And then he pursued. 
and he won all. So we're, we're missing the significance of our valley moments because, again, we've been taught and we've in the songs and the valley is low and I don't got nowhere to go, right? Like just, just weeping and crying in the valley. And that's true, but at the end of the day, there's a, a significance and a purpose for each one of them. And so I want us to, to take this acronym. Again, I'm going to give you everything you need to, to walk away with which peace works for you. I want you to remember SAVE, okay? So SAVE. This is going to be our acronym. This is going to pull everything together and end us off right. SAVE, okay? So I just told you that David was the example. First, he sought. David never went into battle without seeking God. He sought him. Wow. Now, let, let, me, let me also give you a flip side of that. Just because you seek God doesn't mean he's going to say, yes, you can go. And so, example of that, we, we see in 2 Samuel, or we see in 1 Samuel 14, excuse me, 14 and 37. Saul, right? And we know Saul. Saul was the one the people wanted. He, he put him, God said, okay, I'm going to let you have this, this king. And he put him in place. But Saul sought God too. He said, but God... Can I, can I go after him? God didn't answer him. So Saul gets bitter. And then we start to see his downfall. Wow. We start to see him. He goes into a valley, but he goes into the valley without the anointing. He wow. goes into the valley without the covering. And there we begin to see the downfall that he takes and, and the downward spiral. So my first, my first challenge to you in that S is to seek Seek God, and when you seek him, don't put him on a timer. Wow. God, if you don't answer me in 24 hours, I'm going to go do it. God, like, you're going to go do it anyway. You, already, you just gave me 24-hour timer, so you already know when you're going to go do it. God, Lord, if you don't answer, if you don't, what if he doesn't come? What if he wants to come tomorrow? What if he is busy um, healing some people and saving some things, and he says, I'm going to come tomorrow, wow. right? We see that example with Jesus, um, with with the with. Uh, with the healing, when he's healing, he didn't come when they wanted him to exactly. He came when they needed him to, right, for him to get the glory. Because at the end of the day, that's the purpose. That's why we're here. It's so he can get that glory. So first thing you're going to do is you're going to seek. You're going to seek him. Then the next one is an A, which is you're going to attack. Now we're not going to just attack. We're going to attack. But we're also going to have action and accountability with that. And so with this particular one, after you seek, you might be in a different place from your neighbor. And so with the A that you have to do, you might need to work on accountability. Your A might be action. You've been lacking the action. Your A might be simply you need to attack. I don't need you to ask no questions. I don't need you to, I don't need you to, to, to take a survey. And how, how does this look? And what, does this fit me? Does this look really? Do you think I should do? No, attack. Go after it. I said yes, you'll win all. Go after it. And I'll provide the provisions on the way as you're attacking. Okay? So now I saw him. I'm attacking or I'm using action or accountability, putting accountability in place. Um, and, and let's also not forget the A's. Sometimes we got to avoid some things. Wow. Right? My favorite thing I hear people tell me or ask me is, and, I, and I'm sure um, Jamal gets it or different things, Janae, and, and people about working out, about eating. And so... I tell people the things that they need to do. 
And then after a while, I start avoiding telling people the things they need to do. That's my avoid right there. Because I've just told you that if you change these few things, then, then it'll, it'll occur or slowly yet surely or whatever. And so what's your A? What are the things you need to avoid in your life? What are the people or the places that you need to avoid, right? What are the things that are hindering you from getting what all that God has for you? Because the promise is still there. It just depends on what you're going to do, okay? Now, our V is, is an interesting one. You have to vest. Not the, the, the V, the vest, the I put on something, but I have to vest, meaning I have the, the verb of it all. I have to actually invest. I have to actually put my, my actions, my, my mouth where my, 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 put my mouth, where my money where my mouth is. That's what I'm looking for. Amen. Okay? And so when we talk about vest, what are you vesting? Your time, your energy. A lot of times we want to start a business, but we want to put the time and the energy into researching and to start. We want a new job. We're tired of our career. We want, we want a new something. But are we actually willing to invest, right? So in, with vesting, you have to invest something oftentimes. Time, energy, and the big one, your money. There are a lot of people in here who are supposed to be doing things. We're supposed, we, I'm going to say we, are supposed to be so much further than what we really are. But we're not willing to invest in our own self. I refuse to continue to invest in somebody else's vision and somebody else's goals and somebody else's dreams if I'm not willing to invest in my very own. And so with that, I have to tell a little small um, side story on that because the Lord has blessed me with a, a home, uh, my car is paid. Like, I, I am a lot further along than when I look around where I was, you know, years ago and all that good, great stuff. But Holy Spirit convicted me because my backyard, if you've been to my home, you know my backyard is sometimes a little jungle-ish. And I have a huge backyard. And so, hallelujah. Um, what I had to do is I had to check some people sometimes like in a loving sisterly check them way because they would talk about my backyard but nobody was offering to help me with my backyard wow. or um, but I then had um, my wonderful brother who was offered up by his wonderful wife my sister Melanie's husband Melanie offered her husband and he even was like oh I'll cut your backyard for you sure no problem um, but Holy Spirit checked me he said the Holy Spirit said how are you going to have somebody else do something if you're not willing to do it yourself? And so I toiled and I, I you know, cutting the backyard isn't the big deal. It's the kind of lawnmower that I asked my family to get me because they were trying to, you know, do it big for me. And I'm like, no, I just want this little blah, blah, blah. And I'm now paying for it. And so <laughs> with that being said, going back to my point, what am I willing to invest in myself? I'm asking somebody else to do this. I'm looking at people sideways because they won't help me. But am I willing to help myself? How are you asking someone else to do something that you have the ability to do yourself? Amen. And so now I'm going to take them up on maintaining it. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now that I've gotten it all cutting down and everything. But at the end of the day, again, I have to invest myself. And then my last E, or my last letter in this, it, my actions, is I have to use energy. Right? What's your energy? Now, if I come to you, where you put your energy tells a lot about your character. It tells a lot about who you are. If your energy always goes into eating, well, 
that speaks, if your energy goes into complaining and somebody always, everything, the world, woe is me, you eat or all the time, oh, the world is low, I'm, I'm just, I don't have anywhere to go. Like, if, if that's where your energy is, then that's what you're going to produce. That's what's going to happen. That's what you're going to, to reap, right? You reap what you sow. So if you're sowing low energy, I remember Pastor talked about that, right? If, if, you re, if you're sowing that low energy, then you're going to get back low energy. And the same thing with the people around you. The energy that you're drawing in is going to be based on the energy you're putting out. So if the people around you are thieves and liars and, 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 and cheats, we might need to do a self-evaluation and it's gonna hurt for a second because that means there's some character flaws in you that you gotta deal with. We all gotta deal with them, but again, it's time for us to take that check. Now, with that, I, I'm, I'm at the top of my mountain or I'm in the valley. Well, when I'm in the valley, I can be experienced victory I can be experiencing growth. I can be experiencing challenges. I can be experiencing hope. I can be experiencing um, experiences that are going to carry me back up the mountain. But once you get to the top, what are you doing to prepare to come back down the mountain? What are you doing? What plans are you putting in place? Now, you did all of this work to get up the mountain. You get to the top, and then you stop. Now, you run down the mountain, and then you stop some more. That's not how it's supposed to work. The momentum that carried you up the mountain, momentum is something, once it's an object in motion, I'm going to give you all physics lessons for free, an object in motion, once it's in motion, it stays in motion unless an inanimate object acts upon it. That means there has to be something that comes in place that wasn't supposed to be in place that stops it. So here's the deal. Once this car goes around, it's supposed to keep going until something stops it. Once you get up the motion, the mountain, you're supposed to keep going unless something stops you. I have the remote. Oh no, you, go, you can do it, because this is, you go right ahead, Pastor, you go right ahead. And hopefully it works, because it works with the transmitter. If it doesn't, no worries, we still get the point. It's still supposed to keep going. It's still supposed to continue to go to loop around. At the end of the day, the point is, and it still remains, that we're not supposed to get to the top of the mountain and then run down and then stop. The momentum that carries you up, the plan that you put in place, the work, the hard work, the muscles you use to get to the top, you're supposed to use a different set to carry you down. There's a different set along the valley. So my question for you, why are your muscles, why are you not using those muscles? Your muscles can't be tired because the muscles that you use to go up a mountain, please know, it's a different set of muscles to go down, and it's a different set when you're running around. I told you, Matt, Pastor tells you all that I run all the time, and I recently ran a race. And I promise you, running down, it was called downhill at dawn. But in order for me to get downhill, I had to do what? I had to go up a hill. And so as I'm running up the hill, these hills, I'm running, I'm running. We're talking the entire time because we train for the mountain. I ran with a friend who runs with, we run in a running group. And we train. I didn't run just all of a sudden show up for that race and just say, hey, I'm going to do this marathon, this half marathon. We talked the entire race, ch chit-chatting, literally light chit-chatting, just talking, encouraging each other. And as we started to go down the, must the mountain, here's what we saw. People were walking. This is a race. 
the race is not given to the, the swift, right? But those who endure. Okay, so they're going to get down the mountain eventually, but the, the whole purpose was for them to run down the mountain. They're walking down the mountain. My question becomes, did they just show up because they thought it was a downhill climb, a, a, a decline? And they just kind of showed up. Are we just showing up in life? Kind of just saying, hey, I'm just going to do this. Or do we have a plan? Right? So those of you in here, you have goals in life. You about to go off to college, right? There are several of you who are trying to get back into college. What's your plan? What are you doing? Are you waiting for somebody else? Are you waiting for the colleges or the schools? Maybe you're supposed to write a book, but you're in a valley moment right now. And because you're in your valley, you're woosa, you're having a woe is me moment. Please know that the greatest, one of the greatest psalmists, David, he wrote most of his experiences his in the valley when he was on the run from Saul. So maybe something's got you on the run, but you need to be writing that book while it's got you on the run because this is your time for you to not just go to the top of the mountain and come down to the valley, but for you to gain that momentum, right? What are you, are you on track for that momentum to continue to carry you through your loop? I don't want to live my life saying I should shoulda, coulda, woulda, right? I want to live my life saying I did. I did what it was that God had for me to do. I did not leave anything on the table. I didn't leave anything out there on the track. I got it all. I did everything that he said I was supposed to do. And then at the end, he's going to say, well done, my faithful servant. You have served me well. Enter into the kingdom. Can you say the same? Now, the challenge becomes where are you in your life, okay? And so as I'm, I'm closing out and, and finishing up and wrapping us up, um, we just want to revisit again. You've been given some vocabulary words to remember for the day and, and going back over them. That first word was momentum. What should be moving? What should be moving? This is now, this is, this is the check before you release the body. This is your exit ticket, okay? The body should be moving. Now, when we talk about a mountain, the mountain is where? It's the peak. When we get to that peak, we're not going to just stop and stay there. We're going to keep going. But as we are up there, we're making a plan. What's your plan? You hear us talk about entrepreneurship. Are you going into to college with a plan of this is going to be my side business? This is going to be the business that pays for my food, that pays for my bills? This going, this, the, are you going into college with those things in, in mind? Are you going in with a plan already? Are you, are you at the top of your life right now? You're making the most money you could make in your job, and you're experiencing just a wonderful life? Great. What's your plan for the next? Because we know after the mountain comes the valley. Once we're in the valley, the valley is the what? What did I tell y'all earlier? It's the what? It's the in-between. When you're in between your mountains, because we know we go from a mountaintop to mountaintop, when I'm in my in-between, what am I doing in that in-between? Understanding this, I then know that there are some things I need to be doing. I know I need to be saved, right? A save. A S is what? I need to be seeking. Then my A is what? Right? Or accountability or action, right? Or avoid. Y'all right now, y'all got those notes. My V is I need to what? I need to vest. What am I vesting? Whether I'm investing energy, my time, my space, what am I vesting? And then my E, the E, energy. 
What energy are you giving off, right? Do you give off the energy, stay away from me, or I'm needy? That's the energy sometimes we give. I'm really needy right now. I need to be needed. But in order to feel that, you might want to go back to the S and start seeking God. I recognize in my life when I get to that place where I'm just like, nobody likes me. I don't have friends. Woe is me. That means that I'm out of line somewhere. I haven't been spending my time with God. Okay, and I know y'all don't get like that. I'm the only person that had a moments, right? Have, can be around a group of people and just be like, oh, nobody likes me, nothing's going right, whoa, whoa, whoa. And it's like, get a grip. And the best grip for me, I'm gonna tell y'all, are my students. They're the best grip for me because I don't have time to get into my lodabar, my lodabar place and, and sit on a rock and woe is me. I don't have time to do that when I need to be pouring into them. I've been assigned to their lives, and so I don't have time to have a woe is me moment when I recognize that I'm supposed to be being significant in someone else's life. Amen. And so I'm challenging you all. My message is coming to a close, y'all, but I'm challenging you all to, to begin to think about what are the shoulda, coulda, wouldas? What are the things that God says about you? One of the things I do every day, and my kids, my students hate it, but they end up realizing the importance of it at the end is a daily affirmation. And I make them stand up and I make them say, I am important. I will speak positively, not negatively. I will try my hardest. I will never give up. I, and then it continues on. And the, we talk about what does every single thing in that start with? I. I. We are kings and queens of priestly. We are more than conquerors. We are overcomers. We are jewels in his crowns. We are more than precious. We are uh, precious. We are parents um, uh, to, to nations. We are the righteous of God. We are strong. We are pure. We are lovely. We are holy. These are the things that our Heavenly Father wrote in his word about us that we should be saying about ourselves. So it's, it's time out for the shoulda, coulda, wouldas. I want you all to leave today on track saying, I did. I did this. I did that. I did the things that were promised for me. Amen. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to Women Word Wednesdays. As always, I hope that this has been an encouragement, a time of impartation, and a time to pray together. Be encouraged.